0: To the Call by God Podcast with Adney Godin and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome world to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Sylvain, and I'm here with Sister Adney Godin. Sister Godin, how are you doing on this blessed day?
1: I am blessed, Brother Nick. I am blessed. I can't complain. God has been so good. Um, going through this transition, getting to really know this city, and even getting to know myself in the process has been uh Eye opener. <laughs> um, you you never realize um, how much you need to be separated from those you love in order to figure out who you are outside of them. So it's been it's been a journey. Um, how are you doing?
0: I am blessed, Addie. Uh, when you mentioned that about your um, transition, I began to think about when I was twelve years old, and uh, I was sent. I was sent to the Bahamas to live there for three years. And uh it was quite of an adjustment for me. It was tough because I was separated from my loved ones, my brothers, my sisters. And it was just tough, just adjusting to the way of the the Bahamians, the the lifestyle, the environment. So it was a little bit of challenge, but um and overall I did get used to it. Um I, I end up uh, learn how to speak with them, you know, speak like them. Um, understood the culture, and it turned out pretty fine. So I'm sure you'll be fine uh, where you at. It's it's just a a minor minor adjustment.
1: Amen.
0: Uh, yeah, but amen. Well, let's get into it. Um, I'm mean, I'm excited overall. Again, I want to thank our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ for giving us the strength uh, to persevere. Adney, I tell you, this has been a, a remarkable. A journey of doing this podcast for nearly two years. We're approaching two years, uh, in fact. So we're, we're, I'm just so thankful to God for giving us the strength to do so. And it's been blessing me. You know, every time I could be in front of this mic, <laughs> I get excited. That's why sometimes I'll be all over the place because be, it's so much excitement knowing that you're doing this, not only for God, but also doing it to, to bless others. And also just so others could use this platform to share their story, how God called them into the kingdom of God. Yeah. So, so this is what we're going to do. Um, um, you know, we're not even going to waste any time. Um, I'm I'm anxious uh, to hear uh, the word uh, for today.
1: Oh, the word for today comes from Proverbs chapter number five, verse 13. And it says, Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? And I think the older we get, that's usually one of those things that we, (laughs) we, we turn to like, why didn't I listen to my mama when she told me not to, or when my daddy told me not to. And then, you know, unfortunately it's too late because you've already done what they, you know, instructed you not to do. So now you have to suffer the repercussions, but what I am grateful and thankful for is as a Christian God wipes the slate clean as long as we repent of our sins, but we still have to learn the lesson in the process. So listen to your teachers, uh, listen to those instructors. They're not telling you because, you know, they don't love you. They're telling you because they want to see you do better. And that's one of the things that I really grasped from this reading today.
0: You know, even when you was reading that passage. um, So when you mentioned teacher, um, I'm glad you, I wasn't even thinking about like academically, uh, someone that's academically and, you know, teaching, you know, elementary kids, middle school, high school, collegiate level. I was thinking like, kind of like in the lines that you, you painted out, like we have um, teachers, everyday teachers, uh, whereas it could be relatives, it could be uh, friends, it could be those that you encounter on a day to day that have wisdom. That have gone through situations and circumstances that they have overcome, and I think Adney, um, this generation, um, it seems to me—I don't know—this is my personal opinion—that uh, the younger generation most um, have a hard time, a, a difficult time taking heed to those with with wisdom. It's kind of like they they almost feel or seem like they know it all. Um, so, um, but but I like this this passage that you pointed out. Um it, it don't matter how old you are, how old or young, um, old or young, that you are to take heed and obey those that I consider those that have wisdom, those, those what I would consider the teachers.
1: You're right. This, this new generation think they know everything. And um, unfortunately, it's going to have to take us older people to give them the wisdom and take a step back and let them fall. And learn from from their mistakes. And and and, and that, honestly, that's that's the best thing we could do because it was done to us. That wisdom was given to us and the older took a step back and see what we were going to do with it. And that's what we have to do with the new generation. Continue telling them. But you can't but you can't walk the journey Amen. for them.
0: Well, they do say experience is the best teacher. So we're just going to get right into it. I'm excited to have this next guest on. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking forward just to hear this, uh, young man's story. Actually, he's not a young man. He's a, he's a man, man. Uh, He's a man to have a heart for God, uh, a man to have a heart for God's people and just a, a a man that just wanted folks to be saved. So I'm excited to you, you know, to welcome
2: to the show brother, Steve, uh, I'm glad to be here, bro. It's been a long time coming.
1: Steve, how you doing?
2: A lot of storms. We a hey, all
0: all of us have storms. All of us have trials and tribulations. But remember what the savior said. He said, But be of good cheer. <laughs> he said, Be of good cheer. Yeah, he has overcome all those things. But um Steve, I, w- I want you to do this and share with our listeners and just just tell them a little bit about yourself.
2: Originally from South Florida, Broad County, um, little place called Cabaranches, Florida, and um right in between Hollywood and Miami. And yeah, uh basically I'm in Dallas right now. I'm a single father. Um recently went through divorce and uh now raising my son by myself in Dallas and was had fallen away for the last two years from the church. Now I'm at the Cedar Valley Church of Christ. Um, you know, Getting back, just came through the storm, and I'm uh, trying to come out on the other side victorious, Lord willing, even though I know it is His will.
0: You know what our podcast is about? Our aim is to uh, reach uh, the lost. And I believe that people have testimonies of how they were called by God. And, you know, there's people that are lost, don't even know how to make that connection. And I believe um, utilizing people's stories, people that are saved, um, I, I like to have them come onto this platform to share some of the things that they went through and what the things that they overcame in order to become saved and the things that they're going through now um present time while they're saved. So I want you to kind of like go back and I want you to highlight um, some key moments in your life. And I'm talking about before you were saved. And I want you to kind of like give us your background, history. And I want, that's one part. And the second part, I want you to share how did you ultimately, what ultimately led you to become safe? Like what made you say like, I do, I give up. So I want you to take us way back and I want you to bring us forward.
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, Let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless.
2: I mean, I grew up around, I was exposed to a lot of a lot of different things growing up in South Florida, man. Uh, very fast paced environment, a lot of drug selling. I grew up around drug dealers. Uh, My cousin was a drug dealer. My dad was a drug dealer at one point. He was raised by drug lords, like people who were like supplying communities of uh, cocaine, crack. I grew up in that environment. A lot of smoking, a lot of drunkenness. Uh, My cousin was also a thief. So I was exposed to like a lot of different things. Uh, Prostitution. Um, I was exposed to pornography at a young age. And I had a lot of different, Um, different negative influences. But I think the main thing is through it all, my dad would read the word to me. And even throughout, you know, my, my great grandma, that was the little bit of seeds I got from my mom, from my great grandma and my, my dad. So I believe that the seed being planted in me in the word being planted in me in the midst of the darkness with my heart being pure in my heart you know i'm just young and i'm just thrown in this environment but i was still me you know what i'm saying the An individual and my dad would read the word to me and he would just say let's read the word let's read the word and he would always read the psalms and the proverbs to me and i and i truly believe that the word of god is the precursor or the it is like romans romans one. 16 it is the power of god and the salvation and when you have that seed planted in you at any age but especially at a young age it still has the ability to get through in the midst of all the wickedness and evil and i think that's where it started and um and and like the parable of the sower your mind which is the soil has to be just good it has to be good soil and that will determine how that seed germinates and how it produces And so just continuing forward with that, with those influences, as I got older, got, you know, the more I became aware of my environment, um, I began to get captivated by it and just skipping along, man, I mean, just fighting and violence and just all kind of stuff. But even moving past that, um, here I am, you know, growing up 14, 15, you had your little neighborhood fights and stuff like that. And so you had to pick a side, like which neighborhood you're going to rep and all of that. So um, I was kind of thrown into that. Like, I wasn't really trying to fight a bunch of people, but it's like, you're going to get down and lay down. You know, you're going to have your boys back or you're not going to have your boys back. And and that turned to me repping my neighborhood. And that turned into going to high school and having a little, you know, I went to Hollandale High School. Then I was even in middle school on and off. I would have these little feuds with people. and My mom would take me out of the school, go to a different school. And just as a parenthetical statement, I've been to three different elementaries, three different middles, and three different high schools. In the fourth grade, I got kicked out of my fourth grade school because um, guilt by association, but I was guilty and I take full responsibility. But I caught my first burglary charge in the fourth grade at nine years old. And we were just, you know, going down the street you know, walking down the street with the boys and he's like, man, let's go in this house. And I'm like, and I'm in in my mind, I'm like, that ain't really what I want to do. But it's like, man, he's like, come on, man. And, and so I end up going in the house or whatever the next day. And we were nine. So it was like, you know, we ain't take nothing, but, but a game boy, you know what I'm saying? And a couple of little things, but it was bad. And that was my basically my first experience with law enforcement. You know what I'm saying? And, um, We got hauled down to the, our names got called, went down to the police station at nine, man. And, you know, just those kind of influences. And then you skip fast forward to high school. Um, When I was 16 years old, I I used to see one of my homeboys coming. He got chains on and gold teeth in his mouth. I'm like, man, how you do that? And he was like, I'm going to tell you later. Um, So I get back to my neighborhood. He lived around the corner from me. And. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, how you get all this money? How you, you know, tell me how you doing Is He pulling out a wad of money and he was basically selling crack. So he was like, I'm going to show you. And so basically at 16 years old, I started selling crack. You know what I'm saying? That's the first thing I jumped off the porch with felony, great. You know what I'm saying? With like with felony charges, but I never got a felony. And, you know, but in the midst of this, the word was still there. Like I still used to wake up not saying I agree with everything, but I used to watch TVN. and I used to watch, you know, I was still getting, I used to watch the little Bible movies, Joseph and Moses. And even in the midst of that, it was like I was making my money, but the word was still there. My dad was still in my ear. And then as I got over, like the older I got, I still would go to church and go to worship and be not every Sunday because it wasn't like that. But every opportunity I get, because I always liked the word and loved the word. I go to church. Somebody offered me to go to church. I go. So, you know, um, till about um, when I was about eighteen, we the the seventeen to eighteen, the neighborhood. I was so I was selling drugs, and then the neighborhood beef got serious because now we're getting older, and so uh, just jumping out of cars, chasing people, fighting, pulling up people, pulling up on us. Just it was more fighting than shooting back then, and then but one day in the, when I was eighteen, I had a grand marquis, an all black grand marquis. Um, we were going to the enemy's neighborhood and I was dropping somebody off. And then that turned into one of them saw me. They said a few words and I was like, I'll be back. So I I left and came back and I told my homeboys, like I came back with two carloads of people because it was a bunch of them. And I told them like, look, I'm going to go fight. Don't jump in. Let me get a one-on-one, whatever. And that turned into from us fighting to a car pull up shooting at every last one of us. My cousin got hit behind me. Um, I almost got hit. My car window got busted out. You know what I'm saying? And we had to get out of there. Um, and then it was a bunch of stuff that happened in that, but we don't have to go into detail, but everybody survived. My cousin survived. He almost was paralyzed, but he was good. Um, he got the scar to show it. And I still didn't learn though. It's like, well, that's what come with the territory fighting. You got to shoot out. You know, I was thinking about retaliating going back, but that didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? And, and I saw God's hand and God's grace through that. And then it's just I think and what I'm I'm saying all that to say this. With God's word and me seeing his grace work in my life and saving me and providing a passage to me and showing me and teaching me close encounters and near death experiences. All of these things, it's not like some angel spoke to me or like everybody got this, you know, some people got these wild stories. And that's why, and I'm saying all this because I want people to understand the power of the word and the power of the gospel and the power of the seed. God didn't talk to me and come down from heaven. I didn't see a bunch of dreams. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Because Christ was introduced to me, and because the word of God and grace and mercy and judgment, and I'm going to tell y'all which verse that scared me half to death to help me really like think about my life. Um, and another reason why I started thinking too, and, and I ultimately stopped selling yay or stopped selling crack. And, um, and um, I was going to church, brother Daniels and uh, Alvin Daniels Jr. And just the influences too, Like I didn't see a bunch of men with suits picking up their kids and sitting down with their wives. I saw broken homes and dysfunction. So it's like when I got in there and I started seeing all these men handling business and they sticking together like a family and they keeping, you know, everybody like I'm crying. Like I started off in the back with dreadlocks in all black, sagging my pants in the back, listening to church. But as I saw, as I heard the, the preach word, just like on the day of Pentecost, it began to just prick me and um his couple with his grace and couple with seeing the examples and the encouragement from the brethren and actual Christians loving me, not being hateful, not being judgmental just loving me and 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 taking the time and I had brothers that would knock on my door when I didn't come to services, so like all of that is what led to me, but what what made me wanna leave the dope game and leave everything and drop everything is. I saw myself becoming somebody that I didn't really, that I wasn't, that I really wouldn't want to be, and I saw the consequences. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, I'm an intelligent person. I know God's word. Why would I risk my life selling crack and about to get killed, and then go to go away into outer darkness, away from God, when I can suffer with God, take the slow route, and be in heaven with God? You know what I'm saying? And and I, I was about to start robbing people about, not not like, I mean, I guess they were innocent, but not like older people because I had morals and values. Like I had certain morals and values, things I wouldn't cross. But like, you know, all of the guys who with the jewelry on and the gold and all this money and they would come to the neighborhoods. Like I started thinking about robbing them. I had bought me a ski mask and everything. And when I went to services one one day, I'm like, man, like. I'm becoming a monster, bro. And this is not even like, I'm a loving person, bro. So I'm like, man, I got to change my life, man. I'm like, I heard the lesson one day and just out the blue, bro, I used to sell crap before I came to services. Like I used to bust and serve and then come to church. But the word and just, I realized like this wasn't going nowhere. I'm going to die, period, and die twice. And I was remember that, you know, that, that verse that says, be, be afraid of the second judgment. You know what I'm saying? Be it like the second death. And, and with that being said, one day I just stopped, I stopped grinding. I stopped selling dope. And then ultimately I stopped using profanity. And I just kept going to church. And one thing I said, what helped me was, and you know, the devil tricks us and he tries to keep us away from God and God's people. And what kept me there was me saying, God, I know I fall short. And I know it's a bunch of hypocrites out here and even might be in the church, but I'm coming for you, and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change by myself, and I might fall short of the glory of God, but I'm going to keep being around the people of God until I get my change. I stopped using profanity. I got rid of all my music because I saw that the things that, that I put into my mind and my heart were having an effect on me. I can't clean my mind if I got a bunch of garbage going into it. I saw that, and so I began to shed all of those things off. I got in the word more. I isolated myself from certain people. I, I was reminded of the scriptures that God did not come to send peace. He came to send sword. I realized that people in my community and my family wasn't going to like my change. But I said, God, you know what? I'm going to hold a fort down with you until I get my change. By the time I got 21, I was married and I was preaching the gospel all over Missouri, Kentucky. I was in the hood. Next thing I know, handing out cards. That got several people baptized, glory to God, um, and, and still am a pillar in my community and I hope for my pill, my community to this day because of that. But it all goes back to the word of God and just positive influences in my life.
0: I'm very impressed by your story because I know as an evangelist, um, I talk to people day to day, at least strive to talk to people or promote Jesus Christ on a day to day, whether or not it's social media or at my work. And I know the struggle that some may experience being in a corporate worship, especially a person that probably per se probably get receiving the word of God from other entities or other people. Um, is that's one thing. And there's one thing when a person actually goes to worship and they're present with the saints. So I want you to walk us through that process. Like, did you have like a, a aha moment to the point where you say, you know, I'm gonna go to worship by myself? Or it was someone that was kind of like educating you or teaching you or guiding you to go to a place of worship. Because I know the importance of, of being in, in the body or being around other believers. Because, you know, when you're going through that change, it is important. So I want to know what kind of like pulled you. Because, you know, a lot of people, you inc- you know, I come inc- people, they be like, man, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to church. Like, God is in me. Like, kind of like walk us through that process. You come brought up, you know, being brought up in a hood, like. What made you say, you know what? I'm going to go to church. I need to be around believers.
2: Francine Douglas, man. Sister Douglas. Yeah. Uh, my street brother, man. Um, I, I had a street brother I met in, in high school, and I call him my street brother because we not biological. We met in the hood. And uh, his mom was a pillar of faith, man. She was just relentless. She had over... She probably somebody else you need to interview, man. But um, she, you know, from being on drugs, having 10 different children, man. By herself, man. And uh, she she told me, she was like, man, you can't, you can't, uh, you know how you want to spend a night at somebody's house? When you kids and you want to spend a night at your boy's house? She said, you can't spend a night here unless you go to church with us. She had the, she had the mindset of like, you know, me and my house going to praise the Lord. Like, we going to serve the Lord. She had the Joshua 24 mentality. And I'm like, I but I didn't hate church. You know, yeah, that's all. Like... I go with you every Sunday. And just her influence, like, just stand on my neck. And a lot of people be like, oh, don't judge me. or these Christians judge? Man, I thank God people judge me. I thank God she judged me and told me to pull up my pants. Or not saying that that's inherently sinful, but I thank God she was telling me, oh, you need to stop smelling like that weed smoke. I thank God she was telling me I'm going to die. I thank God she told me, like, if you don't stop, it's going to be judgment. Because ultimately, man, like, we run away from that. But that's real. One day we're going to pass away. And like, and, and and you know, the Bible says it is appointed for man once to die, but after that is the judgment. Like, if you believe in God, and ain't no faking. Like, that's what it is. We we want people not to be hypocrites, and we want people to keep it one hundred or one thousand with us, or keep it real with us. But then when they do, it's something else. But anyway, she 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 stayed on me, man, and I and I stuck with her, and she and she didn't she didn't just she didn't give up on me. You know, I was still grinding and still doing things in the streets. And it wasn't like no overnight thing. Like she introduced me to the church at, to the body of Christ at 15. Like when I say the body of Christ, I mean, just, you know, the first century teaching outside of denominationalism and things like that and Catholicism. She introduced me to, you know, a place that was really trying to teach God's word and really trying to call bible things and bible ways and stick to the fu- fundamental foundational things and i think that's what really attracted me i'm like man they're trying to do things according to the word like they're not perfect but they're trying to stick to the scriptures you know to the best of their ability and so that was a that that drew me in but she was very pivotal and when the bible tells us mothers train the young women to do this no wives i mean uh, older women train the younger women to do this older men, train the young men, that's that's what you get from corporate worship. You might not be able to find that out in the world. You might find some people that, you know, they kind of know about God, but to really get around people who are trying to study and learn and dedicate their lives to that, like, that's what really helped me. And yes, it was weird. Like, I was in there sagging, had my pants sagging a little bit, and I wore all black. Nick, you probably met me when I was in the suit, Nick. I think you was with me when I transitioned. Before that, dude, I was in the back. When Nick met me, I was already about to pray, like in the church. Like Before then, I was selling crap before I went to church, went went to worship, and I was in the back looking awkward with dreadlocks in my head, looking at all these people with suits who think they all that in my mind and a bag of chips. And what, what helped me out is getting to know them and seeing like, they struggle with some of the same things I struggle with. They might wear a suit, and some of them might be a little self-righteous. But guess what? That's a sin, and they falling short just like I fell short. People in the world are self-righteous. People in the world are hypocrites. Some of the biggest people in the world are hypocrites. They do things that they say they about. You know, I'm about this, but when it comes time to rock and roll, they fold. In every area, in every area, you know, you're gonna have people who solid. In every, Whether it's corporate and in the world, you're going to have solid people, solid Christians, fake Christians. You're going to have people trying to live by and, and, and there and people who are grown. And I, I just, when I realized that, when I realized like these people sin and fall short of the glory of God and, and they just, they they sick trying to point people to God, that even strengthened me and emboldened me. I'm like, man, we all falling. What I'm, what I'm in here, because see, we, sometimes what happens when you're in the world, you're like, I don't want to go in there with all them righteous people. I ain't trying to live like that. I got to get my life right with the Lord first. I don't want to play with God. If that's the case, ain't none of them going to be there because all of them trying to struggle, struggling with sin and trying to, <laughs> and falling short. So when I saw that I'm like, these people ain't that perfect. I'm like, shoot, I'm coming to the Like I, mean, I ain't perfect. We all trying to get there. And matter of fact, I ain't come here for them anyway. I came here to worship God. I ain't come here to see whether they was doing it or not. I, I realized like, why am I focused on them? I'm coming to worship God because it's a commandment to work because God commands the people of God to be together. And he established the church. He established the local church with elders and deacons and preachers and brethren for us to be a hospital and doctors and nurses together. And they need me and I need them in order to get to the same place. Just like in the streets, you need the the, the, the big man, the plug, you need the lower people and you need the workers in the church. You got the plug. That's God. You got the little ministers. That's the little dope boys or whatever you want to call them. And they they push out what they push out, the dope, which is the word of God. And, and you got the people who need it. And that's what we are do doing today. We dope man's right now. B- biblical. We Bible dope people right now.
0: We talk about call by God. Right. Um, so that's the moment when God call you into salvation. And I always look at that. That's one of the most important decision that anyone could make in their life. But I want you to walk us through that process. And I think it's important for, for you to walk down your process because there's somebody out there that's going to be listening to like, man, how this dude got saved? Like, like, I want you to walk us through that process. What was you was thinking at that moment? Because obviously when people think about give their life to the Lord, they thought, oh man, it's over. I got to be Mr. Mr. Goody Goody, right? And I know how you say you separated some people. So walk us through the process when you, when you got saved, when you got baptized and you were saved. And walk us like, how did that separation come about? Now that you saved, now what?
2: Like the whole process and the whole journey, bro, as far as everything that I said led to it. But what got me there is like I just started seeing that the darkness didn't feel good. Like, and I used to have this analogy, I used to tell my cousin, like, we try to make it seem like the darkness feels good or it's like it's better. Dude, it wasn't nothing but trouble and death and. I'm looking at everybody else losing their minds out here like all that big bright lights man these people out here drinking themselves to sleep they getting shot at and like man y'all finna die bro like I'm you know what I'm saying so it's like I'm looking at the darkness like bro we're going we got to something got to shake and the the moment of truth is just like one day and even when I first got baptized I wasn't all the way changed like I was a babe like, I just knew that I needed to repent, and it starts, repentance is a change of heart that leads to a change of direction. So I was pricked. I wanted to get baptized. I knew it was necessary. Acts 2.38, 1 Peter 3.21, Romans 6, Galatians 3.27. Like, I knew it was, I knew it was necessary, but, like, it just got to the moment where I'm like, you got to make a decision, bro. And one of the two scriptures that helped me really change it's like the scripture that says you can't save two masters, you know, choose one or hate the other. You can't serve both God. I remember, it's in Matthew 6. Um, yes, sir. See, I ain't that rusty. The wilderness ain't take it all out like of me. Uh so so, like um, and then one verse that scared me half to death, bro, was Proverbs chapter one, when it talks about. People rejecting wisdom, and because y'all rejected me and y'all rejected my counsel, I'm gonna laugh at your calamity when it comes upon you. And it says, When you call me, you will not find me. And it's and and it's basically saying, like, you're gonna look for me and I'm not gonna hear. Why? Because when I called you refused to hear my voice. And I'm like, man, like I don't want to be in that state. And I just got to the point where I just had to make a decision. Like I knew I couldn't straddle the fence anymore. And I knew like I had to either choose God or the world. And when I thought about the blessings of God and I was reminded of Ephesians chapter one of the blessings we have in Christ. And I reminded of, of the the heaven and how that's going to be and how, you know, and, and just being thankful for God on my side. I just made that choice. Like, just like I'm being faithful and I'm being loyal to all these street people and they don't care nothing about me, bro. Why not be loyal and lay my life down? You ready to lay your life down for games and lay your life down for these people? They they don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in, number one. Number two, they phony and flawed and they gonna, they quit on you. They not there when you in your toughest times. They not there when you you know when you don't have it. When you go to prison, people forget about you, all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, if I'm going to rock out, I'm going out with God, bro, cuz I know he's not going to leave me or no forsake me, and I know that I can keep my sanity and I can have direction and have guidance in God. And once I realized that and I began to clean my mind up, um I was just I I was all in from that point. And that's basically what it is, bro.
0: Did uh did your friends was saying you were acting all funny cuz you know like when you get baptized, and I, I'm asking these a lot of these questions because some of these things were aimed at me. When I got saved, I had friends that betted on me. They said, man, they're going to come back. And they're like, man, he's going to come back. He's going to come back doing what he, he was originally doing before he got saved. So I want you to kind of like guide us through that process. Like, did they think you was phony or a hypocrite or they think you was going to come back? Hanging out with them. Like, kind of like walk us through that process. Because we know that once you get baptized, you will, after you get baptized, you're going to get tested in so many ways because the devil is interested in getting you back. So walk us through some of those stories or some of your experiences that you had.
2: Yeah, I quite a few people, like a lot of people respected me. Like when I started changing, even the dope boys, like they, they wanted me to pray with them because a lot of people think like people in the world don't, a lot of people in the world got respect for God, and they probably got more respect for certain things of God and more passion about certain things than we do. It's just like I had those naysayers and those people, like I had one lady, she was like, she meant well, I believe she meant well, but she just, you so used to seeing people fold, you don't really see people ride out with God all the way to the bus out. And so one day she said, like when I first started, and I'm telling everybody like, man, I got to get my, I'm I'm finna turn my life around for God. I just got baptized. And she said out of her mouth, she said, you'll be back soon. you'll be back out here soon like you'll be back out here and like two or three years later she saw me again she said steve i ain't gonna lie bro i thought you was gonna fold bro you've been holding the fort down bro like she was like you holding the fort down you out here still toting that bible like and, and that's one person but yeah i went through that oh my cousin when i was like 16 when i was like 17 18 in high school I was reading the word, and I was still in the streets, dog. Like I was still in the streets a little bit and still grinding. But I was going to services every Sunday with Sister Douglas and uh, Sister Francine and uh, my cousin. I used to be reading. The, like I got rid of all my 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 CDs and stuff, trying to clean up. Like I said, and I would read the Bible on the porch for like two hours straight, like listen to sermons. And he would walk past. Man, that that junk ain't gonna save you. You read you reading that word all these hours. That ain't finna save you. You going to that church? Them people ain't gonna save you. Like, and like, it was really discouraging to me. But because I was in the word, I understood that that came with the territory. And because I was around other people of God and hearing the sermons, I understood that that came with the territory, that that was all, that was a part of the process. And you know, in the world, people, a lot of people say, trust the process. Because I understood the process. In the midst of that, I was able to go through the process and come out victorious. And yeah, a lot of people thought that. And I had stumbles; I was stumbled. Like it was times where, like, I was walking down the street. I was in services, but I was still going through things. And I remember one night, man, I was drinking. I had bought me a little pint of gin, right? And I bought me some chase, and I started drinking. I was going to church and stuff, but I was drinking. I was drinking. Uh, uh, I was drinking it. In the glass and it was just, I was going through the war between the flesh and the spirit and, and I knew I shouldn't have been. And I got mad, man. I was, it was nighttime, like 12 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. I'm on the streets by myself walking around. Cause sometimes I would just walk around with God and I would have been talking to people and I was still encouraging people, but I was drinking. And as I became a little intoxicated, like I wasn't never wanting to get drunk like that, but I was a little intoxicated and I thought to myself, I'm like, bro, why am I putting my trust in this bottle when I have God to heal me and keep me? Man, I threw that bottle so far down the street. I threw the bottle, bro, like down the street. It was like half full, bro. I threw the bottle and I went to this abandoned building, like this abandoned house, and I was crying at the doorstep. I cried. I got it out. I prayed and I got up, bro, and I ain't drank no more, bro. Like, I was like, man, I can't be trusting. And I ain't saying I never took a sip, but you know, I don't think. You know, all that is inherently simple, but you know, allowing things to master me. I just ain't like things to master me. Like, um, like I'm not finna let I'm not finna let drinking master me, bro. Nothing. Like Paul said, I'm I'm free from all, but I'm not finna let anything master me. Period. And so like I went through all of that, man. Like I, I started smoking weed again, stopped, started, stopped, drunk a little bit, drunk, was messing with females, but it goes back to what I said. I'm going to go to worship. And I'm not perfect. The people in here are not perfect, but I'm going and I'm going to trust you God and I'm going to trust the process and I'm going to trust myself till I change. I'm going to trust the process until I change. And I went through my ups and downs, but I couldn't I realized I couldn't care about the naysayers. I couldn't care about the hypocrites. I just had to keep rolling with the punches and it and because I knew the word and because I spent time with the word I was able, the word helped me navigate through those trials and tribulations.
0: All right. This was a, a wonderful, wonderful episode. Uh, but unfortunately we had to stop it right there. So we're going to consider this part one. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's been a blessing to me just to sit back and just to hear uh, you know, this powerful testimony, how this individual, you know, got, you know, became saved and left the church and now back in the church So I would encourage you to stay tuned for part two. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says, buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came And that he was sacrificed, he was buried, and he rose on the third day. By believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized, you will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message, you've heard personal testimonies, but this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.